Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And I'm excited to bring in this fellow as well. It is the producer of Oilers Now on 630 Chad with Bob Stoffer, which you can hear from noon until 2 after anchor on 6.30 afternoons with Jalen Nye and the voice of the Alberta Junior Hockey League Shore Park Crusaders. It's Brendan Escott. Brendan, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Dave. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, <laughs> I think I got myself a little bit deeper into this whole LeBron's the best athlete of all time than I originally intended, but I'm going to make the case anyway because I, I genuinely feel that way. All right. Well, we'll do that in a couple of minutes here. But uh, I want to talk about a couple other things here. Uh, first off, uh, I read the other day, and you're a Houston Texans fan. I'm sorry, it's uh, it's a tough season. Uh, man, AFC Championship game to way down the way down the mountainside. Man, that's tough. But uh, Deshaun Watson, I read, is going to be uh, asked for his input on the new head coach. I think it's time. Are we, are we surprised? <laughs> No, not at this stage of his career. You know what? They just paid the man, Dave. And with what happened in the offseason, I mean, this is no no strange event for fans of the Edmonton Oilers and watching sort of how, you know, the the team was picked apart maybe from within. Uh, Bill O'Brien did that to the Texans roster really all off season. And even though every step of the way people were, were grabbing their hair, not just Texans fans, you've got to imagine how much worse this was for me to watch, but everybody in the football world was sitting there puzzled. What is Bill O'Brien doing? You just squandered the best wide receiver in football. And it wasn't even that he traded them away, Dave. It's that they got nothing back. And that started to be yeah. the, the track record for almost every single one of the trades that Bill O'Brien made. So I think, yeah, it's it's absolutely time to involve the room more in this sort of a decision. And you have your franchise player. That's what held them back prior to this most recent era when they traded up and they drafted Watson. They had a great team with no quarterback. Now you've got a quarterback and the team is spinning its time. So how do we figure out how to blend these things? Well, when you've got a guy with the head on the shoulders like Deshaun Watson does, it's time to start asking for input. And if you don't think that Connor McDavid has a little something to say about things that go on with the Oilers, I've got news for you. <laughs> yeah, and I do believe that, you know, as a Patriots fan, it's, it's a big reason why I think Tom Brady left. Uh, it's, it's a number of reasons. It's 20 years. Um, you know, it's also a new challenge when he has two years left in his you know, in his career, supposedly, because he wants to retire at 45. But also, it's, okay, you're not valuing my opinion anymore, and maybe they're getting tired of him. But when you're as young as Deshaun Watson and as good as Deshaun Watson is, you better listen to that man who has put up with a lot, losing his best target. Then he loses his next best target, Will Fuller. Then he loses, uh, I know Kenny Stills was waived um, and not picked up by anybody. But, 
you know, that this is a receiving core that is depleted that the New England Patriots might be proud of. That's my team who don't really have one either. So, yeah, if, if you have a franchise quarterback, you better listen to that man. If you have a franchise player, you better listen to that man. Which brings us to LeBron James, who is the franchise for so many years in the NBA, broken at 18. He's uh, what is it, 36 now, I think, 36 or 37. And uh, he's a freak, man. Like, we've had Paul Sir, who's the executive director of Basketball Alberta and also um, runs the 3x3 programs for uh, Basketball Canada. Yeah, I remember one time he talked about being courtside at a workout watching LeBron James do his thing, and he says, I cannot believe what a genetic freak this guy is and what he can do with uh, with his skill set and the body that, that he possesses. So, all right, the floor is yours, and I was told you you want about three minutes, so... If you want to take the whole three, that's great. If you want to do it in less time, that's great. If you go over three, I might have to buzz you. But uh, Brendan Escott, the floor is yours. Why is LeBron James the greatest athlete of all time? Go. Let me state from the beginning. I don't even think that he's necessarily the best basketball player per se of all time. Um, but I do think he is, as you mentioned, we've got somebody the 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 um, – caliber i suppose of paul sir remarking on his his athletic build-up that's what i'm talking about i'm saying that if you put lebron james in the national football league instead of the nba he is the best edge rusher the nfl has seen since lawrence taylor okay and probably even better than that because he's that big powerful determined strong and agile and i just don't think that there's a case to be made against somebody with the stature of lebron james who again i say if you put him if you put him on a soccer field dave i think you've got the best goalie i i think if you put him on the ice you've got uh a victor hedman type defenseman you know and and some of that is the mentality but genuinely speaking you know especially with contact sports I don't necessarily like how he complains about the calls. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in terms of the DNA in that man's body, what he does to bring it to the peak performance, how long it's been at that peak performance level and continues to be well into, as you heard if you were listening uh, at the bottom, or, yeah, the bottom of the hour there, um, it, this is this is nothing new for him, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that it's it's watching him perform this well late into his career. Dave has really shifted my mindset from man, this guy has a lot to say and then complains a lot to. I don't like that I have to respect what he means, not only to, to basketball as, you know, I think again, raw talent wise, he's probably better than Michael accomplishments. He is nowhere close to what Michael accomplished and never will. And that's where I'm going to stand there too. But yeah, LeBron James and any other sport, Dave, that's your guy. Yeah. I, I think you make a good argument. I think LeBron James uh, and I'm going to put this in basketball terms only, and I do think you make a lot of good points, but you know, when I compare him to Kobe Bryant and I compare him to Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan was the best clutch performer, I think, in NBA history and one of the best in sports because he knew the moment. He knew what was required in the moment, and he knew what he needed to do in that moment, and he delivered. Uh, Kobe Bryant is just, I mean... Uh, incredible and when he and Shaq were broken up finally I think we saw the Kobe Bryant that 
he wanted us all to see is just wait till the fourth quarter and watch me take over. He was, you know, when, when he had a, he had Dwight Howard on the team and he had Steve Nash and I mean, Steve Nash is one of the best distributors in NBA history. And when Kobe wouldn't want to share the ball with that guy, that kind of bothered me, but Kobe was an excellent shooter, but LeBron James is just overall the most powerful, the most gifted, the most athletic, the most determined athlete I think I've ever seen uh, because the drive and the will, and there's been a lot of crap gone, you know, thrown his way, and a lot of it has been on him. I mean, the the decision show was ridiculous in 2010 <laughs> or 11, 2010, I think. Exactly. It, did you ever see a show? There's a show on ABC called Backstory. Um, did you, and it's a former ESPN. Uh, he might still work. I can't remember his name, but uh, he's a longtime reporter. He did a he did a, a show on uh, Serena Williams and the uh, incident with the chair umpire at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. That was great. And then he did a show on uh, Jim Gray and the decision with LeBron James and how LeBron really orchestrated that whole thing. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. That sounds really interesting, though. And I think where my gripe with him has always been is just the maturity level. And I think that maybe underneath what I was saying earlier is just that we've sort of watched him grow up. He talked about he entered the league at 18. Before that, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated already crowned the king before he even stepped into the league, right? So he's kind of, he's always operated under the pretense that he's this great figure. And and in a lot of ways, I think that that's driven him to the great success that we've seen in his career, but the entitlement and, and that's, that's where he really falls off a cliff when it comes to him and comparing him to certainly other great basketball players, but other great athletes, you know, nobody has a bad word to say about Wayne Gretzky at all in terms of his person and there is no bad word that you can say about what he did out on the ice you know and and so for LeBron the individual statistics and what he's been able to accomplish in you know a decade and a half of basketball at the highest level at a time where there's never been more eyes on this league like that that means something too but because of all the extracurriculars that's where people will say oh well what do you mean Bo Jackson you know Deion Sanders okay that's a great argument to be made too but I'm not (laughs) I just can't picture those other two guys being as versatile in my mind in every other sport the way that LeBron would be a cog to be used uh, did you see uh, Yarmir Yager today picking up an assist in a game? He's playing for Kladno in the Czech Republic at 48 years old. He picked up an assist. So is this his Wait. hometown team? Because my understanding is this is his 33rd season of professional hockey. Yeah. Like, I, I'm 26 yeah. years old. The guy's been a pro longer than I've been breathing. You know, this is crazy <laughs> for me to see. I kind of wish I kind of wish he was doing it in some capacity where we actually could still follow it somewhat, but I guess yeah. we're uh, we're going to have to just stick to Twitter and, and sort of see what we can do there, but what a story, and there's another one, Dave, like if there was anybody that was going to challenge what Gretzky did accomplish on the ice, records-wise, if Yager didn't bugger off to the KHL, man, holy moly, could he have made a case? Yeah, no question about it. Brendan Escott joining us here on uh, 630 Chat Inside Sports. Uh, and you made me feel old there, by the way, saying that, you know, Sorry. 33 years compared to your age, but that's okay. <laughs> it's getting more and more of that feeling where I'm feeling old the older I get. Anyway, um, so we talked last night about the Western Hockey League delaying their start. 
to who knows when. There's going to be a Board of Governors meeting early in January. Uh, January 8th is off the table. They're going to discuss a number of different scenarios about uh, a start date. We know what they wanted to do, and that's make regional play uh, or have the Alberta teams play each other, and then uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, BC, and then the uh, then the American teams play each other. But that is, uh, we don't know when it'll start. Like maybe it's February. Who knows? The Alberta Junior Hockey League, what's the latest buzz there? Yeah, well, even uh, even less news than that. The last thing that I heard out of the league was that they had a planned Board of Governors meeting for uh, this upcoming Saturday, the 19th, and that was their reassessment period because at that point, that was when the restrictions that had gone in um, – <laughs> in the first set of, of most recent restrictions, I think, and they were going to reevaluate it after those had expired. But now with what came in a couple weeks thereafter, where we're, uh, the whole province is sort of on hold until mid-January, um, probably going to be a lot of talk and a lot of work behind the scenes, the same way we're, we're sort of picking up on that from the NHL. But as far as a decision being made, I, I would imagine that we're still quite a ways off on that. And, you know, the uh, I guess it's, it's less taxing on a franchise when there's nobody, you know, there's not much activity. There's not much coming and going per se. Um, so you're not losing money, but you're also not making money. So the longer that this goes on, you know, there's some of these teams, um, I don't even have anything that jumps to mind necessarily, but this is going to put an interesting financial crunch more so than already was on these teams if mm -hmm. this gets pushed back, you know, even further into to early February, mid-February, that kind of thing, which at this point, Dave, is looking like the most likely scenario, the most optimistic scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's tough. You, you just, you just feel bad for the kids. You feel bad for those that are working in the league, the, the, the people who want to evaluate the league, uh, scout the league. Uh, let's hope they can find a way back uh, in early 2021. Brendan, you, you stated your case on LBJ. Thank you very much. Uh, always good to chat with you, my friend. Uh, take care, okay? I never thought I'd have to do that. Certainly not in the airwaves, Dave. But I'm glad we got to do it together. Thanks for having me, man. You betcha. It was the producer special, as uh, the uh, producer of Oilers Now is Brendan Escott. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer heard from noon until 2. Brian Burks on tomorrow. That'll be cool. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Cool. Yeah. We always like when Brian Burke is on the air. And, uh, of course, I'm the producer of this fine program and your guest host this week. Back with more in a moment. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Al in on the greatest athlete of all time says, no question, Jim Thorpe excelled at football, baseball, and also won an Olympic gold medal. You know, I think if, if uh, Bo Jackson was able to stay healthy, and he was a two-sport athlete, and that's probably why he wasn't able to stay healthy with the, with the hip issues. But when he was on his game as a baseball player for the Kansas City Royals and as the running back for the Oakland Raiders, 
believe they were in Oakland at the time. Anyway, the Raiders wasn't sure. I'm not sure if they were in LA or Oakland at the time he played, but uh, no question. The, the most dominant running back probably in NFL history when he was healthy and one of the best pure hitters and outfielders in major league baseball history. I mean, he was an athletic freak too. So if he was able to stay healthy, you know, you could state your case, but yeah, you know, if Yarmir Yager, like Brendan Escott said, if he was able to play in the NHL or if he chose to stay in the NHL and play till he's in his mid to late forties, well, he's 48, he played for Claude Nota today and got an assist. So, you know, ridiculous, 33 years of pro hockey, but yeah, he could have smashed some records as well. You know, you know, back to football, I mean, you think of Jerry Rice. So, yeah, really impressive. Baseball, it's kind of hard just because I don't think the sport demands as much for, compared to the other sports, you know, as far as the physicality. Although, again, Bo Jackson was incredible. Well, the uh, Harry Ainley Titans football team has been uh, a very good team for a long, long time. They were named by CanadianFootballCountdown.com as one of the 10 best high schools in Canada in the past decade. Brock Ralph, former CFL receiver here with the Edmonton football team and has been with the Titans for the last seven years. We'll talk about why the Titans have been such a powerhouse in high school football, not only in this city, in this province, but in the country. That's next on Inside Sports. Campbell and for Wilkins. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Campbell and for Reed Wilkins tonight and for the rest of the week here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Reed is back on Monday to uh, update or to recap uh, quickly the NHL story from today. Gary Bettman speaking and uh, basically saying that, yes, mid-January is still the target, although that is flexible. That's more of a hopefully we will start. And that hub cities are the bubbles that we saw in the Stanley Cup playoffs here in Edmonton and Toronto. Um, it's plan B. The plan A often is for teams to travel and play in their home arenas. And obviously realignment's going to happen because there'll be a Canadian division and three regionalized divisions in the U.S. But uh, with the COVID cases spiking, especially in the U.S. and they are here, but it's going and obviously the border issue is um, a big one as the Canadian government will not and health authorities will not like the fact that, you know, the proposal of, if there was a proposal of Canadian teams and American teams crossing the border. Um, so that's why we're having a Canadian division, but it does seem like bubble cities are being considered uh, significant or uh, very much now uh, it's gaining steam and that Edmonton or Toronto would be one of the bubbles being used uh, for the Canadian division. Uh, Newark, New Jersey, Columbus, Las Vegas, the other bubbles being considered, other locations being considered as hubs. And it wouldn't be uh, like the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs where you had to stay there. I think you would play for a couple weeks, then you'd leave your bubble for a week to be with your family, then you go back into the bubble and play some more games. But then this is going to evolve over time. So this, this how they start will not be how they finish. CFL is hoping for a uh, 2021 season. I think it'll happen in some form. Uh, signings uh, today, the Alouettes were busy. They signed quarterback Vernon Adams. He actually restructured his deal 
Uh, and I think every quarterback in the league is probably going to have to restructure their deal as the money will be rolled back, uh, I think, significantly. Uh, Adams' contract runs through 2022. Eugene Lewis, their leading receiver from 2019, re-signs as well, had 1,133 yards. Uh, Tony Washington, former Edmonton football team offensive lineman, uh, he signed a one-year deal as well, entering his 10th season. And uh, this individual, uh, he knows about CFL. He knows about winning. Uh, he won two great cups with the Edmonton football team and has won championships at the high school level with the Harry Ainley Titans. Uh, he's from Raymond, Alberta. He is a, he is a legend in this province, especially Southern Alberta. Uh, Brock Ralph uh, joins us from the offensive coordinator of the Harry Ainley Titans. Brock, it's nice to chat with you again. How you doing? How's the family? Good, Dave. Thanks. Appreciate the praise. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's it's truth. You know, I, I I first burst on the scene in uh, covering the Edmonton football team in 2004. So I covered you that season and covered you in 05, and then you came back in 08, and then of course kept tabs on you as you were a bomber and a and a Tiger Cat. Uh, it, it's been a strange year, obviously, with 2020 and with the virus and with the pandemic. Uh, from a football perspective, it's uh, it's just been kind of turned on its ear this year, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been tough, you know, but now I'm in the uh, high school world and uh, football little um, way of thinking and hoping for these youngsters to get out and play. And it's it's tough, you know, as a fan, as a coach, and especially as players, uh, you know, we all want to see, uh, you know, everybody get back out on the field and uh, kind of just trying to patiently wait and hope that sooner than later here. Now, could you explain about what you were able to do under the restrictions and the rules? Uh, you know, for example, we had Chris Morris on several times, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, and they were able to hold a camp, but they weren't able to hold any games, but they were able to have, you know, I think he said three separate cohorts, that sort of thing. Was that similar with you with the Titans? Were you able to kind of get on the field and do a, a little bit of work? Yeah, we did. We had uh, a series of practices and kind of a, a modified fall camp, I guess. It felt more like a spring camp. Um, the fact that we didn't have games or any of that lined up. But, uh, yeah, I think we are one of the few teams in the province, I think maybe the only team in the city that kind of found a way to just get out there and, and form our cohort and, uh, you know, still try and develop these guys and get them out there running around, but trying to do it safely. How did you uh, manage the, because uh, I'm sure you as coaches are like, I just wish we could play games. Uh, you know what it's like in training camp when you have to <laughs> battle your, your teammates and you get sick of each other after what, day three. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. how, do you manage the, how do you manage the swing of emotions from a high school athlete? And I mean, these are kids and, you know, the emotions are raw and, um, you know, it's fun to put the pads on and, you know, execute against your, your own team, but you know, it's, it's not the same. So how, how do you manage the, how were you able to manage the emotions you and the, and the staff? Well, I mean, just knowing the situation at hand and that we can only control so much. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, we wanted to make the most of what we could and try not to focus on, you know, what we're missing out on, but look as an opportunity to still get better and uh, enjoy each other's company, uh, enjoy the game that we play, but it, it, it's a mental struggle. And, you know, obviously the kids, they, uh, 
they look forward to game night, you know, more than the, the practices. And, uh, you know, so yeah, at the end of the day, it just, we looked at it is what it is. And we were just happy to get out and modify some somewhere or another. Joined by Brock Ralph, former receiver for the Edmonton football team, two-time Grey Cup champion, and the current offensive coordinator for the Harry Ainley Titans joining us tonight on uh, 630 Chad Inside Sports. So I noticed this earlier in the week. Uh, actually, Jerry Modijohn uh, tweeted it out from uh, Post Media, who does cover the Edmonton football team when uh, in season, out of season. Uh, CanadianFootballChat.com. I, I said countdown. Uh, it's CanadianFootballChat.com, who over the last few years have uh, really built up their profile and covering uh, Canadian high school football. Uh, they released their uh, CFC 50 All-Decade Top 10 Schools, and two Calgary schools made the list, of uh, St. Francis at four, Notre Dame at five, and Harry Ainley ninth on that list. Honorable mention to Raymond. Of course, you know that area very well. Uh Tell me about, I know it's, you know, it's just, it's a website honor, but uh, it does speak to the, to the success of the program. You've been there for seven years in various capacities. I mean, you're the OC now, you were a head coach of the program before we've seen a provincial title, a city championship. Um, what have you seen out of this program for the last seven years? Yeah, well, lucky you inherit a, a program that uh, had a lot going for it. Um, you know, athletics at Harry Ainley uh, have always been a priority. And, and when I played against them in high school, you know, specifically basketball, uh, you know, that was years ago. They, to me, were always that school out of Edmonton that, uh, again, you know, the kids really care about the sport. Uh, coaches that cared and uh, you know certain expectations so you know it started long before I got here and that I guess when you're talking a decade three years before I rolled in um, uh, you know there was already some good teams uh, took the field some championships won um, this year Brian Anderson passed away and uh, feel like I'd I need to, to mention him. You know, he was a guy who put in mm -hmm. several years as a as a teacher and a coach, and eventually a city councilman. And uh, he lost his life a couple months ago. Um, but you know, just a, another key in the foundation of the Ainley Athletics, and and specifically the football program. So, um, you know, th there's the history there. Um, we've tried to develop a culture of of winning and, and having high expectations for our student-athletes. And, uh, you know, we've just been fortunate with a lot of good volunteer coaches. So, I mean, it's it's something that uh, a lot would probably laugh at the fact that, you know, it, it's just high school football. But, again, for me and, and the coaches and the players, it's very meaningful, and, and we want to keep it that way. Yeah, Darius Bowman's been one of those volunteer coaches over the years, hasn't right. he? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned Brian. Uh, sorry, I'm glad you mentioned Brian Anderson because we, uh, we did honor him uh, uh, when he passed away, and it was a really hard day because Brian uh, was an excellent uh, uh, sporting individual coach uh, and a great city councillor. And, you know, whenever I talked to Brian, and it was only a few times, but um, I think the best quality is he listened. He, he was a great listener and a great guy to have a conversation with. You know, when I'd roll into the basketball games, he was always the first guy that I'd look for to to want to sit down beside and uh, 
he was a great listener, but I don't know if I know many better storytellers. Um, the guy, he had a memory, and his stories were great. He had a certain energy and passion that, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed. So, yeah, to see how much he cared about it, you know, even after he was done coaching, like I said, he hardly ever missed a basketball game, and I know football as well. Um yeah, he's he's missed, and um, you know we're trying to carry on the tradition that him and many others have put forward. And, and back to the uh, the uh, success of the team as a whole, high school athletics, um, and well, you know, obviously we'll keep this to the football, uh, but it, it happens in, in in a lot of sports. I mean, it's it's hard to find the level of success because recruiting is so much different up here compared to the U S where like there's a national stage for, for high school basketball. There's a national stage for high school football. And I know it's getting better up here as we're showcasing, I think more of a, of a, you know, a national uh, level as far as who the best high school athletes are in basketball and in football, but it, it's not the same up here uh, from the recruiting standpoint, or am I wrong? Has things kind of improved in that area over the years? Yeah, no, it's definitely different from the States and uh, you know, now we're all in our catchment areas. So, you know, Harry Ainley's been at capacity for, the last several years so uh, you know you don't just pick your school in this city um, you have to go where your where your boundaries are and um, you know that's that makes it more difficult to to maybe get the athletes that you'd like to have or uh, you know for athletes to pick where they'd like to play so it is a different system and uh, you know like you mentioned I come from a small town where you go to school with the same guys from grade one to grade 12. Um, yep. You know, here here you do get a mix from different junior highs and such, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's however many you get until your your doors uh, are shut and the, the school is at capacity, and, and then you're going to go with what you got. So, yeah. Yep, yep, you know, here you're loving Curler, absolutely. Brock Ralph joining us, the offensive coordinator of the Harry Ainley Titans, who uh, were named by CanadianFootballChat.com as one of the 10 best schools of the past decade. Brock also a former Edmonton football team receiver, two-time Grey Cup champion in 03 and 05. Okay, one player we got a profile here, and uh, Dave Naylor of TSN wrote a great piece on him, uh, Joe Ajo, who uh, you had for, I believe, a couple of years before he left, uh, helped you win... Uh, but provincial title and city title, I believe, um, from Brooks, a family immigrated there from uh, family immigrated there April 2001. Five kids. Mom works at a meat packing plant, and here's a Joe a Joe who's this amazing athletic uh, individual from very early on. What do you remember about? Let's maybe go back to the beginning. What do you remember about meeting a Joe a Joe? What what really struck you? Yeah, well. He was brought to my attention when he was in ninth grade, and he was playing Alberta uh, football all-star team. Uh, coach Greenslade, Tyler Greenslade, the head coach now of our program, um, brought my attention to him, and, and he was playing down in Lethbridge. So I thought I should go get eyes on this kid, as he was a, a guy that mentioned wanting to come up here and live with his aunt. And uh, so yeah, that, I mean, my first look at him was was on the football field, and I was 
instantly impressed. I mean, in a lot of ways, he looked like a, a man amongst boys. He was a couple inches taller and had a wingspan and a physicality and, you know, was able to track the ball like, you know, he was a couple years older than he was. Um, so, yeah, to see him on the field, I kind of thought, wow, that'd be a, a fun guy to coach and work with. And obviously him being a receiver, I was hoping that I – could share some things with him and anyways eventually met his his mother and his family in brooks uh took a drive from raymond one summer as again he expressed interest and uh in his mind had a plan to come up here i wanted to talk with with mom and make sure that this was okay for a 15 year old to leave home and uh yeah i mean when i when i first met him and saw him nate he was uh his hands were were mitts, um, you know, broad shoulders. You could tell he was still going to grow. Um, he'd actually just come out of the shower and still had his towel on. I'm kind of looking, going, "Wow, you know, you just don't look like a grade nine kid." But you know, just had something to him. You know, the the charisma that he showed, the confidence that he had. Uh, very respectful kid. Um, yeah, we put together a plan to get him up here that, that everyone felt good about. And uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to work with him for two years here. And like you said, it's a great story that uh, Naylor wrote. He's uh, now signed with Clemson and got a bunch of times a true freshman. And I have no doubt in my mind that, that Joe Joe is going to be a guy that plays in the NFL. You know, he's blessed to stay healthy. Um, this is a guy that will, to me, be is somebody that we all from Edmonton know and and you know we've been lucky in this Edmonton area with Hubbard and and now a Joe you know yeah two high school guys that uh have gone on and had success already obviously Hubbard uh older and has more games logged but but this is Joe a Joe he's he's special you know I sensed it early uh he just got better by the day he's an all-around athlete and uh I mean, even Dabo Sweeney, you know, just kind of shakes his head at the guy and the tools that he has. So uh, it'll be fun to see see where he takes it. And um, like I said, we'll watch him play some big college football games, but I have no doubt in, in four years or whatever he'll uh, be in the NFL. Yeah, no question. And uh, two catches, 41 yards, but included in that 41 yards is a 35-yard touchdown that he scored in a game in early October. And uh, he won't play with him for very long, uh, but, you know, he can always say he played with the first overall draft pick in Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. <laughs> right, yep, yep. <laughs> right on. Brock, it was great to uh, have you on the show. Nice to chat with you again. Uh, I hope you and the family are well, and uh, hopefully you're uh, you're getting back on the field soon and you actually get to play a season. And from a CFL perspective, I really hope we get to see Jimmy Ralph do his thing, your brother, because I, I love watching him play. He's got dirt on his pants and his jersey all the time because he goes after every football that's thrown his way. Uh, but anyway, uh, all the best to you, okay? We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks a lot, Dave. Take care.
That's Brock Ralph, the current offensive coordinator of the Harry Ainley Titans and former Edmonton football team receiver, Grey Cup champion in 03 and 05, also has played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Harry Ainley Titans, named by CanadianFootballChat.com, a very fine uh, Canadian uh, football uh, publication online that has covered Canadian high school football so well over the last few years, uh, put Harry Ainley ninth on the uh, all top 10 or the uh, top 10 all decade or the the top 10 schools of the last decade of the uh, large schools. So that is pretty cool. Back to wrap up the show in a moment. Your home for all the news and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right. So the uh, NHL news from today, NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, Uh, Speaking at a video conference, via video conference, as part of the World Hockey Forum in Moscow, says that they're focused on a mid-January start, hopefully, obviously not going to play 82 games, and that, yes, bubble cities are being considered more now. And uh, discussions are ongoing behind the scenes, and uh, whether they can start January 13th depends a lot on what COVID-19 is doing and what government officials and health officials say. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have newly hired Calgary Flames, former Edmonton Oilers goaltender Jason LaBarbera, who is the Flames goaltending coach. And look at this. He's the Canadian junior team goaltending coach as well. And no pressure there. It's always the most hot-button issue going into a world junior. How's the goaltending going to be? But we'll uh, hear from Jason from the bubble inside uh, here in Edmonton. Also tomorrow, Jim Mullen of Football Canada. He's the president. Talk about this uh, proposal of having the Canadian Bowl, the Vanier Cup, and the Grey Cup played on the same weekend. And he doesn't know it yet, but Bob Stoffer is hopefully going to be on the show tomorrow as well. Studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. I'm Dave Campbell. Have a great evening. Good night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.